You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 55. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. This episode is brought to you by Stride Health. Sometimes working for yourself can be complicated, but saving on healthcare shouldn't be. That's where Stride Health comes in. Becoming a Stride member is free and gets you access to their plan finder, deals on prescriptions, and an on-call support team who can answer any of your healthcare questions. To find out more, visit stridehealth.com CYOP. Today's show brings me to Chicago to chat with Jessica Mernan of the One Part Podcast. Now, let me just set the scene for you because Jessica dropped some big news during our interview, some of which I knew ahead of time and some I did not know about. I walked into her sweet apartment and immediately noticed that she was short a dining room table. It turns out her husband had sold it while she was out of town because they're getting ready to head south to Charleston, South Carolina. So she has definitely let her readers and listeners know, and if I'm not mistaken, they are in the midst of their move-related stuff right now. One thing I did not know before we started recording was that Jessica has landed a pretty fantastic book deal for her very first traditionally published book. She spilled some beans, but not all the beans, because the deal was still pretty new at the time. However, she has since given more details on her blog and her podcast, so I've linked up to that in the show notes. I'm so excited for her, which will become uh, pretty evident once you start listening to the show. If you are not familiar with Jessica's work, she's an incredible resource in the wellness community. The reason I couldn't wait to interview her, however, is because I think she's doing some really interesting things in terms of the ways she's sharing her story, her knowledge, and the stories of others. I could go on and on. Those of you who follow me on social media know that I love Jessica's show. I think she's doing a really great job. But all you need to know right now is that Jessica is doing big, big things. She'll give you the scoop in the episode. So let's get to it. Hi, Jessica. Hey. How's it going? Good. Good. Thanks for letting me come to your space here in Chicago. Appreciate it. So will you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are today? Sure. Which, which, how I got to where? Because I feel like I've been to about 20 different places. Well, I'm curious about, because I know that, I know that your path has been a bit of a winding one. And so I'm curious kind of how you ended up here. You've got your podcast, your blog, all that stuff. So how did you get here? Yeah, it's so funny when people ask me that question. I still think of myself as a designer and not what I'm doing now. Interesting. I think that's one of those things when you're a fat person, you kind of always see yourself as being fat, even if you lose weight. (laughs) You know what I mean? I guess. Well, I've been fat, so I know. But, um, But yeah, so... Yeah, I always kind of forget that I'm doing something totally different. And some, if someone asks me what I do at a party, I say, oh, I'm a designer. I'm like, wait a second. You need this? And I think it's just because I love what I'm doing so much now that it doesn't seem like a job. So I okay. have a website, which used to be called One Part Plant, and now it's jessicamernan.com, which is a whole other thing. But I got here because I was really sick. Mm-hmm. I have something called endometriosis. And... At, and during that time of being a designer, I was incredibly sick and in a lot of pain. So I just one day, okay, back up. I was supposed to get a hysterectomy because 
endometriosis. So the pain was just so bad that I had multiple surgeries and that was just the one thing that doctors couldn't figure out is how to figure out this pain. So I was going to get a hysterectomy and then a friend told me about a plant-based diet and I thought it was crazy, but I said I would try it because it was supposed to help with endometriosis pain. So I did and it worked and I didn't have to get a hysterectomy. And during that time, it was, you know, probably about a, a three or four years into changing my diet, maybe three years into okay. changing it. I just was feeling so sad about design and I just hated design. I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And I just thought, what is the act? What is the one thing I actually enjoy? And it's talking about how food can help people. So this was, I don't I wrestled with it a lot because I didn't feel like I had the knowledge to actually help people because I think that, you know, I've said this before, but I think it would be like you tomorrow saying, I want to be a professional NBA cheerleader. <laughs> like, maybe you could do that. Well, maybe not. <laughs> but And that's how crazy it felt for me to say I could help people with food and health and wellness because that felt so foreign to me. Even though I was doing it, it was still so new to me. Okay. So, but I decided to go for it anyway. <laughs> I know, and that's why I think I love you so much. So, um, because I, I love people who um, kind of a light bulb switches on and you have to go after it. You just yeah. can't imagine not, right? Yeah. So, I think I first learned about your work via Jess Lively's show. Uh-huh. And then you launched your podcast, and of course, totally hooked on that. And I love that you are creating so many different things. You've got books, you've got your blog, you've got the podcast, you've got all these things that you're doing. You mentioned that, you know, at a party you'll say, oh, I'm a designer. Right. But that doesn't quite capture what you're doing. So if you, if, if you were to kind of say what you were doing now, what, how would you answer that question? Lately I've been leading it with I have a podcast. Okay. Because I think after serial people are yeah. much more interested in podcasts. And I think sometimes I shy away from saying... I have a website with recipes and they say, Oh, you have a blog. It's like, yeah, I guess I have a blog, but I don't really feel like that's what I'm doing. And then I also think that when it comes to food and healthy eating and changing your diet, I think that it's definitely such a very personal topic that as soon as you say to someone, Oh, I help people eat healthier or I help people eat more plant-based foods. Then one of the first things they say is, Oh, I can never give up cheese. It's like, okay, well, you asked me what I did, and I was not asking you to give up cheese. Right. And so sometimes sometimes I don't know if I want to always get into that with people because they take it personally, even mm-hmm. though it's just what I do. Right. So And people seek you out for that. It's not like you're running around right. wagging I mean, your finger at people saying, don't eat cheese. Right, and I'm very, <laughs> I'm very conscious of that with my brand of, not making people feel that they have to do what I'm doing. Right. So I think that sometimes I avoid saying that at parties because I don't want people to think I'm judging what they eat. Right, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I'm. you said that you were unhappy with design. Uh-huh. And it, you, you used to be in stationary too, right? Yes. Like, okay, so 
Can you talk a little bit about that time and what exactly prompted you to shift away from it? I know that you were sick, but was there anything on the design side that just really triggered a, I can't do this anymore? It just intense anxiety over, and not the kind of anxiety that people talk about that actually have an anxiety disorder. Like I didn't get like, you know, my heart wasn't racing and things like that, but it was an anxiety over detail of things. And I remember there was a moment where I was working on a logo for a restaurant and in my studio space I shared it with one of my friends and I brought her the two logos and she's not a graphic designer and I said, which one? And literally it was a hair different. There was this little tiny symbol in between the two letters and I moved it over a point and she looked at them and she said, they look exactly the same. no, they don't. They're different. They look so different. And she just told me, she said, it's a logo and you need to chill out. So I think it was just this anxiety of perfectionism mm-hmm. and the, that one point difference to fall, fall asleep at night and envision the two next to each other and think which one's right, which one's right, which one would be the best. And I just couldn't deal with that anxiety anymore. Yeah. Like, I couldn't deal with the anxiety of it being perfect. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And so how does, because I'm assuming, well, I don't want to assume, but a lot of times that perfectionism can still be present elsewhere too, right? So do you still feel it in your current work? I don't. Mm, Interesting. Well, I mean, I definitely, I get frustrated, let's say if I'm taking a photo and maybe it's not perfect, quote unquote. But I just feel like the things that I'm doing now feel much more natural to me. Okay. And maybe that's because I love sharing people's stories. I love Mm -hmm. talking to people. I love asking them questions. And going to a party, let's go back to the party thing, I never in a million years would ask someone what they do for a living. Or I wouldn't care they wouldn't care about talking about kerning or the point size in the logo right something that we would talk about is their story and how they grew up or where they went on vacation and that's what I love is talking to people so as much as I definitely have maybe a perfectionism in this I mean I definitely check my downloads every day and I Mm -hmm. kind of repeatedly check that more than once during the day I don't feel that anxiety anymore of that perfectionism interesting design was not I I mean I did design for over 10 years and I don't think it was good for my well-being did you go to school for design yes then too okay graphic design okay wow that's to be in a profession for that long and have it not be good for you yeah and I wonder how many other people have that same experience happening I talk to so many designers that feel that anxiety too Mm. but I also think it's it's something that you just don't know anything different. Right. So it's just part of the job. Right. Wow. Okay. That would be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess I had that when I was in marketing and PR because it's very um, you're always operating sort of up here where mm-hmm. and I'm, <laughs> people can't see me, but you operate at this level of I don't, maybe it's anxiousness. Maybe yeah. I don't know if that's what it is, but it's definitely. Um, there's stress there, uh, deadlines and other people's right. problems and all of that stuff. So, so I guess I can kind of identify with that. Um, but 
but yeah, 10 years is a long time. It, it really is. <laughs> I'm glad that you're in a space that works for you. Me too. <laughs> uh, okay, so when you transitioned away, I know when I left marketing and PR, I sort of had this identity crisis mm-hmm. where I wanted to still introduce myself as, you know, Jennifer Snyder with such and such company. Right. I do this. And it was like this title and that's what I did and boom. But then when I went off on my own, there was this like gray area of not really knowing what I did for a living or like not being able to express it in a, in a way that made sense to people. So did you have that feeling or because it's more natural now, you don't have that kind of. Well, I had double the feeling because I already didn't want to identify as a vegan because I thought that that was annoying to people (laughs) and then there was the whole transitioning my business into wellness and I never cooked before in my entire life before I changed my diet I never cooked before so when I also would share with people in my life that I was starting a website that had to do with food Mm -hmm. some of them laughed because they said you don't cook like but I'm going to right and I'm gonna figure this out so I had I have like triple the identity crisis I think just feeling confident to say that this is what I'm doing feeling confident to say this is the way I eat because there's a lot of identity that comes with food too Mm -hmm. you know I couldn't be ton yeah and I couldn't be I felt embarrassed in some ways that I I couldn't be the girl that everyone like some calls up say hey let's go get some pizza and beer and like well I can't actually do that anymore and I don't want to be that girl that can't eat pizza right so annoying (laughs) probably on a few levels for you too because pizza's good exactly Um, so yeah yeah. uh, okay so so you had this like personal thing happening in and it just paralleled the work then for sure okay uh and so I want to kind of talk about another transition great okay so because you you recently switched from one part plant Just com to Uh com, And so what drove that decision? And I mean, I kind of can understand it because I basically listened to all of your podcast episodes, (laughs) but I I can understand it. But for people listening, like what sort of drove that transition for you? Yeah. I mean, it still feels, I still sometimes question if it was the right transition, but actually I just went to this retreat and they said to take but and just out of your language. I've heard that too. Let me try that again. I I don't know how to say it without it right now. But, (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh, but I I think it was because, I know it was because I was getting a lot of opportunities that had nothing to do with food. So I started this website that was called One Part Plant and it was adding one plant-based meal a day to your diet or adding a little bit of plants to your diet. Like I'm not asking you to be vegan. But I was starting to get opportunities that had nothing to do with food. I was getting asked to do things. I adopted a a baby. I was getting asked to write articles about adoption. Mm -hmm. I was getting asked to write articles about how I transitioned my business and how I used to be a designer. And it just felt weird to share that information on a site that was about plant-based food. Like it just didn't seem to all fit anymore. And I had only had the site for about a year and a half or two years, I think, before I decided to change the name. And I just felt like changing the name at that point would be okay. I, I felt like I needed to change it before it grew any bigger. Sure. 
And I think changing it to just my name, it just is now enabling me to have more opportunities that I'm not just the plant-based eating girl, Mm -hmm. but that I can talk about a lot of other things. Yeah. And the podcast. Right. I knew I wanted to launch the podcast, and the episodes are not about plant-based eating, so that's weird to have a podcast on a site about plant-based food that's not it. So it just felt like it was easier to have everything under my name. Okay. Yeah. And I, again, I can see that just based on, just because I know your content pretty well. Right. Uh, But I'm, you know, I'm always curious to hear because I, I actually had a a blog that was, well, it was called people in places and things. Oh, wow. I had to have the and in there because somebody (laughs) else had the good URL, but it was, it was so that I could cover a lot of things, but it ended up being mostly travel, but that's not what I was doing for a living, at least not solely what I was doing for a living. So that's why I switched over to a site that was just my name. And I could, I feel like it's such a big umbrella that I can just do whatever I want and throw it in there. Right. So as long as it makes sense. So, I mean, and as I was changing it and I'm, I just want to make this clear. I'm not comparing myself to her, but Oprah's sure brand is Oprah. Uh It's not cool stuff spiritual stuff right whatever right. <laughs> the website could be and so I really did think about a lot of the women that I admire brand wise mm-hmm. and whether I read a lot of Martha Stewart or it's their names yeah. and you can really I think go far with your name sure absolutely all right so I want to talk about the podcast okay because we're on a podcast and it just <laughs> makes sense so I'm obviously a fan of the medium and anyone who follows me on social media knows that I also love your show. So I'm curious what made you decide to launch the one part podcast? What was the driving force behind that? I really knew that I needed to create some other form of media for my website because I think that a lot of times people don't want to just come to a website and read content. I thought about doing video. Video didn't make sense to me because the perfectionism in me wasn't comfortable with just putting a camera in front of my face and having a shitty quality video. Mm -hmm. So that would also involve somebody else maybe editing or doing the filming. And so I took that out and then I thought, what if I did a podcast? And after going on Just Lively's podcast too is when I really thought, this is a cool media medium that people are obviously responding to Mm -hmm. so what if I tried it and I mean I kind of did choose it because I thought video was too expensive (laughs) right right well and there are so many other elements you do have to like look the look the part I feel like I wouldn't want to do my hair right enough to actually do video so it's it's Um. a whole much bigger production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you also, you've got beautiful photography on oh, your... Oh, thanks. And you yeah. take your own photos. Yeah, that's, it's the one thing that, I'm shooting with an old Rebel camera mm-hmm. that's 10 years old. Wow. And I just, I really want to upgrade. Uh-huh. So I really appreciate you saying that, but every photo I take, I think, uh, Really? If I could have a little bit camera oh I think your photography is beautiful oh well thank you thank you it's mostly because I photos of food that I take almost never turn out I don't know what it is I just can't I don't know it's like people to taking pictures of people I think it's it's the designer in me Mm -hmm. I 
the I details, right? The details. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so can we talk about all of the different content you create? Sure. Because you create a lot of stuff. Do you think so? Yes. Okay. I do. You have your all the blog posts, which recipes are hard. They take a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. To, like trial and error, right? But I only create recipes that I would not mind testing more than once. Okay. So <laughs> like all the ingredients, you, you like it, you know? Yeah, I okay. kind of probably already have the ingredient. I'm not getting some weird vinegar from Japan. Like, right. I just, I, because cooking is still new to me, even though I've been doing it for five years, it still feels very new. If the recipe is not easy and I don't want to recipe test it more than once, mm-hmm. I just will not include it on the website. Okay. That's because good. Because I also think no one else is going to want to make it either. Right. And no one's going to go to five grocery stores to exactly. try and find this yeah. crazy ingredient. Yeah. Okay. And then you've got books. I do. I have I have an e, I have e-books. And when is this coming out? The end of September. I have a book deal. Can you talk about it? I don't know. I don't know if I can. I don't know when I'm coming out with the details for it, but I can at least say I got it. I just finally signed the final contract. Okay. Which took, it took four months. Wow. To get everything straight. And so I don't know when they want me to announce it, like what publisher and things. Right. Or what it is. So I'll just say, I got a deal. Okay. And maybe when this is goes live you can head over to my website and I'll have the details okay but maybe not I don't know that's okay I completely understand I know that those things take a lot of time and like um strategy and they they release certain things at certain times yeah, so I get it. it's not even me being secretive I just don't know what I'm allowed to say right I completely understand <laughs> and legal things matter so yeah. you don't want to divulge too much but well I'm that's really excited very exciting it. yeah so and you've had a book agent for a while how long have you been kind of pursuing a, a traditionally printed book? Well, the weird thing is, is that I originally had a book agent. I used to have this website called So How Was Your Day? Uh-huh. And it was just a website that featured people's day, like what they ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And we were actually out with that book. Okay. And this was four years ago, three okay. years ago. This is way before I had one part plant or just com. So we took that book out and then once I launched the site, one of the publishers that saw that proposal said, we're not interested in this book, but is this the same girl that has that plant-based website? Uh-huh. And my agent said, yes. And I was like, somebody knows me. <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's a great feeling uh but my platform wasn't ready yet yeah so we redid the pro- we did a proposal for that and then my agent actually left her agency and went to a different one and she was able to take me with her when she went there we had to redo the proposal again and then we finally took it out so this is four years in the making without okay. even being in the making does I, that make yep, sense i completely understand and <laughs> i think um People who maybe don't have a book deal in their dreams or um, even really understand the publishing industry have no idea that it takes a lot of work and a long time for for these things to take place. And and it could be that like your platform wasn't ready or you don't quite know what direction you want to take because I'm guessing you could probably have four separate books with whatever 
information is in your life, in your head, you know, right. the work you do. And so you kind of have to pick one lane and run with it. Yeah, and it's, it's also a lot about timing, too. Mm -hmm. Because there could be, you know, right now there are a lot of publishers that are interested in plant-based food books. Yeah, sure. But that also means that there's a lot of publishers that are interested in plant-based food books, which means there's a lot of proposals. And your proposal has to have maybe that thing that they're not seeing in other ones. So I think the proposal... Aside from having an awesome agent, I think the proposal is huge. Yeah. Because you can have a million Instagram followers, but you your proposal could suck. Right. And it might not have that one thing. Right. Yeah. And, and I, I will say, I don't have a lot. We were talking earlier before we started recording. I don't have a lot of page views. Right. And... I don't have a hundred thousand Instagram followers because I've not been doing this for ten years. But right. I will say I'm I'm I don't care. I'm gonna brag about it. I had a really good proposal. <laughs> That's good. So okay, so I have a question about the proposal. And I should note that I don't have a lot of page views or a million Instagram followers either. So whatever. But about the proposal itself, how long did that final one take you to like draft from draft form to it's hard. I, I feel like it's hard for me to remember just because my agent, well, I've worked with a couple of different agents at the agency that I'm with, but they really helped me so much mm. fine tune it. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to remember because in the beginning I would send them drafts and they might not get back to me for like a month. Right. But then when they were ready to go, they were ready to go. Sure. So I would say, I don't know, maybe like six months. Okay to get it all together but every single proposal is, is pretty much has the same formula so sure. you're going to talk about what the book is why it should be a book who your audience is how you would market it and what your competition is right. and that's basically a proposal sure you fill in those categories right but it still has to be yeah good. which sounds a lot easier than it is but yeah you yeah. still have to make it engaging um, for anybody to even like give it a second glance, I right? Think, so, and I was definitely worried about it because I don't. I was worried going into it because I don't have a hundred thousand followers, right? But I, I had other things I think that other people might not have had. So I think sure. that's the other thing is think about what your strengths are and really pour those into the proposal. Yeah. Okay, that's good advice actually <laughs> um, for anybody out there looking to maybe put a proposal together so okay well that's very exciting Thanks. exciting news it's crazy can I tell you something really weird yes my first advance check is in the mailbox downstairs but I wanted to <laughs> you haven't gotten it out yet no I haven't okay. gotten it out yet because there was this moment do you have you seen that movie Julie and Julia uh -huh. the, there's this moment when Julia Child's I think she gets her contract or she gets something from the mail mm -hmm. and it's this moment and I remember watching that movie and thinking I want that moment someday. okay so I had the option to do a direct deposit or get a check sent to me uh -huh. I chose to get the check but yesterday I had company here and I didn't want to get it and open it with them here I wanted to do it by myself mm -hmm. and have a moment. Yeah. So when you leave, I'm going to go get it and okay. go cash it. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. <laughs> I was like, do you want me to take a picture or no? Is that, no, you, no want, you want to do it alone I and want be, this yeah. to be like 
personal moment because I, when I told my dad that I got this deal, I've been working my ass off for the last 10, 12 years, whether yeah. it's not in this, but it's been right. design and it's been doing wedding invitations and doing a lot of shit that I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it, it, he just said it the best. He said, you know, it probably feels weird because it's when, let's say you're a football player and you practice, you practice, you practice, you practice for 10 years and then you right. finally win the Super Bowl. Right. It's like, what do you do with that? Right. So I want... To well, they go to Disneyland. Exactly. But... <laughs> so I'm going to go downstairs and open it alone. Okay. That's... I love that. And I love that I get to know that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. Thanks. All right. So, um, gosh, I don't even know how to follow that. That's a really exciting news. But I'm going to totally transition because you also, you know, you're in Chicago and you've worked a lot with restaurants and partnered with them um, to kind of get them to maybe add a few more plant-based things. And so um, I've loved kind of seeing that side of it too because um, I've worked really closely with restaurants in Sacramento Mm -hmm. on on other projects. but, But I love the thought of like partnering with restaurants on things. And so you've been here for how long? 15 years. Okay. So, and you've launched, obviously, several brands here. So, why why Chicago? Why would you set up, kind of set up shop here and create your brands here? And um, tell us the news of what's happening in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm moving. Uh-huh. But I've been in Chicago for 15 years because originally I had a, a paper goods store. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, I mean, I did paper and design for a long time. So, that really kept me here. Okay. And then I wanted, and then my husband decided to get into advertising. And this is one of the best cities ever to get into advertising. So he went to Leo Burnett, and that kind of kept us here. So we're like, you need to build your career in a great city with advertising. And then we were adopting baby, and we needed to stay here until that happened. So it's just things kept on happening, and I love this city so much, and I think what's great about it is even though it's huge it's a big city it still feels small in Mm -hmm. some ways and I think you know there's four or five really incredible restaurant groups and if you can kind of get in with them on one restaurant they're very open to the others and there's really a lot of great PR here so if you kind of get in with one PR agency you can really tap into their network so people here are just really open to sharing and building a cool community so I don't think that if I hadn't known a lot of these people I also owned a bar at one point like I opened up a bar so I did not know that about you okay (laughs) so I I know a lot of the restaurant industry so when I came to them with the idea to say hey would you be interested in putting a few plant-based options on their menu I was coming to them as the old me that they knew Uh I wasn't coming to them as this vegan girl that they never heard before. Right. So I think that they knew that I would take their brand and be very kind to it because I didn't know the brand. Mm-hmm. So I think that's how I was really able to tap into okay. that because okay. I don't think I could have done that if I was coming from a completely different place. Sure, sure. And so can you tell us more about why you're leaving Chicago? Yeah, it's so sad. I know. But I'm really excited. So I'm moving to Charleston. Okay. And which is in South Carolina. Everyone says North Carolina? No, South Carolina. Uh-huh. But my husband and I were just ready to not have polar vortexes anymore. Yeah. 
which if, I don't know if you've ever been to Chicago in the winter, but you being from where you're from, I don't know that you could handle it. I don't think I have any point of reference. I was actually <laughs> talking with somebody yesterday about that. I have zero knowledge of what that feels like. It feels, it hurts. It hurts your body. So we had really two things that needed to, to meet the criteria for. One, that it had beach, and the second, that it had a very thriving food scene. Okay. And Charleston has both. Yeah. And we thought 1,000% that we would go to L.A. Wow. Like 100% L.A. because it's where most of my friends are. I love that city, mm-hmm. and I feel like there's a lot of opportunities there. But the more and more we thought about it, I would have to live in Venice or Santa Monica, and that's so crazy expensive. It like is. basically pay rent and then not travel and do the things I want to do. Mm-hmm. So it's just Charleston. Yeah. The food scene there is crazy. That's exciting. Yeah. So, and, and it's just growing so big and it's interesting. I, I think it's similar to the way that Austin was three or four years ago. Okay. How everyone was really starting to flock there. Mm-hmm. A, a similar thing is happening in Charleston where a lot of creative people are moving there because they want space and they want warmth and they want water. And I'm really excited to see the creative community down there. Okay, so uh, when does this all happen? Uh, in like three weeks. The end of September, right? Yeah. Okay. And so for those listening who might want to cre- like kind of venture down a creative path that's similar to yours where you, you've obviously got a message and a mission but you're creating a lot of content for it. And so do you have any advice for them on, on any part of it, whether it's transitioning from something you don't like or into something that makes sense for you or whatever kind of advice you might have? Lately, the piece of advice that I've been telling everyone is to start a podcast. Uh-huh. I, if, I just feel if you, you know, even if you don't feel comfortable doing it at first, because I don't even want anyone to hear my first podcast because I wasn't 100% comfortable. Me neither. I just think that it is, it's the one thing that has dramatically changed my brand Mm -hmm. on a whole because brands can reach out to you and say, oh, we love this blog post. And then they meet you in person and you're just completely weird in person. Right. I don't know if you've met, there's a lot of bloggers that in person are just, they don't have any social skills. They're writers more than they are. um, They're behind mm -hmm. the computer and that's what they're really good at. But with the podcast, you're just really able to show your personality mm-hmm. and really have people connect with you on a new level that you can't really connect with just through writing. So I just keep on telling people to start a podcast because I think it truly enables people to connect with you on a deeper level. And for brands, they know that you're not a weirdo and that you know how to talk and that you know how to communicate. So start a podcast. That's, I think that's great <laughs> advice. Um, and I actually almost see it as like kind of the coolest thing on my resume. Almost. Oh, for sure. Because people don't, I was just talking to someone and she was saying, but it's on iTunes. And right. And it, it does actually sound cool. But in the back of my mind, I know that. It's an RSS It's just this loose little button. Uh-huh. And I mean, it took me a long time to figure out how to press that button. But I think that it's something that for about 20 bucks a month, 
Mm -hmm. That's what it costs to do the hosting. And sure. You can, you, anyone right now can make a podcast. And uh -huh. that is really exciting. Mm -hmm. You can put all of your content out to the world through iTunes or whatever system that you want to use. And that's really cool. It is kind of cool, isn't it? If you think about it like that. There's, it's accessible yeah. for people. And it's not something where you have to be really good at doing video or take really great pictures or have a nice camera. You just can be in your bedroom, in your closet, like mm -hmm. making a podcast. Right. Well, and it's funny because uh, prior to maybe, I don't know, serial podcast, um, most of the podcasters were like, me meaning like the OG yeah, podcasters, sure. were like, dudes in their garage with a ton of gear like Mark Marin, like the nerds right <laughs> sorry guys the nerds in the in their garage um but it really doesn't take much you know no. it takes there's a learning curve for sure that's one thing I, we were talking about before I started recording is I feel like it's taken me a year and a half to actually understand how certain things work and right. why garage band might be finicky or which microphones to use and all that that stuff but so there's a learning curve for sure, but it is so inexpensive, really, com mm -hmm. comparatively speaking, and it's not that hard. Once oh. you know the steps, right. it's really not that you hard. You only have to set it up once. Right. And then it's set up, and that setting it up once feels very intimidating mm -hmm. at first, and I think you're the same way. I watched 800 YouTube videos yep. of 16-year-olds telling me how to use <laughs> a microphone. But yeah. I will say there's two resources that I think are great. If you're a woman, there's podcasting school for women mm -hmm. that offer an eight-week course. But then, which is a little bit more expensive, but then there's also this thing called fizzle.co. Uh-huh. And they have a whole bunch of business videos on how to do things. Oh, yeah. It's $35 a month, but the first month is only a dollar. Oh, sweet. And really, you could just watch the videos in, in a month and just pay a dollar. Yeah. But that's how I learned how to make a podcast. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's good. I'll link up to that in the yeah. show notes. Um, and I don't know about you, but I've actually been working with people one-on-one -on -one oh, mm -hmm, to help certain people. If they're, if they've maybe gone to all the YouTube videos and they're still, they still don't get overwhelmed or whatever. Right. I've just been like, Hey guys, call me on office hours and let's hang out and talk about awesome. Boy, what you might you be able to charge for that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not much though, but you no, know, it's you not like the podcast office or whatever the, the school, if it's, yeah. if that's too, almost too much, like if you don't need to get into the industry yet, but you just need right. to know like the where the USB cord gets plugged in right. and like where, where the iTunes information lives and all of that stuff. Good I can for you, man. Yeah, I do up. that. I, I started doing this thing and to any creative person out here that's yeah. also listening about steps to things. I think the one thing that I've learned over the past few years is to charge for my knowledge. Yeah. Because I think as the creative, it just feels that it's an intuitive thing that you just know. Mm -hmm. But it's not. You spent a lot of years learning and gaining that knowledge. So I do something now when someone emails me and has a lot of detailed questions about how to grow their brand. I do an hour service where people mm -hmm. can call me and we can talk and get to the bottom of everything because... I should get paid for that. Sure. I don't see anything wrong in that. And it's taken me a long time to realize that if I'm investing time in someone else's business and taking away from mine, I need to gain something from that. 
Absolutely. Uh, and actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I, I wrote a blog post hmm. a couple months ago, and it was Q, like question. Mm-hmm. Um, can I pick your brain? Mm-hmm. And the A was, well, maybe. Right. Um, if you pay me. Right. <laughs> um, and it, it, I didn't mean to be like mean or flippant necessarily. I mean, it was kind of joking only because I feel like since maybe January, my inbox has been full of those sorts of detailed questions, like which which call recorder do you, and it's, they're questions that can are easily Googleable. Right. <laughs> I don't even think that's a word, but I'm yeah, going to go no, with yeah. it. Um, however, if you want it in like sixty minute a sixty minute package of like all the nuggets of information that I've got, I am so down to help you, but it will cost you right. some money. And, and I, if it's a simple, if it's a simple response, like, do you do them in person or, and it's like, I do them on Skype. Of Thank course. You. Yeah. But within someone comes back with six more questions. Right. That's not, I don't know. Sometimes I, I just, and I think the thing that had, had gotten me kind of bummed out too is I felt like I was investing a lot of time in other people for free mm-hmm. without very much gratitude. Yep. The, the answers that I would spend the most time on and really just pour my heart into it, mm-hmm. sometimes they wouldn't even respond with a thank you. Right. I've had that happen as well. And it's, what? <laughs> yeah, whoa, right? <laughs> like, and, and I want to also say I do definitely at least once a week I will meet with someone that's a friend of a friend or someone yeah. that... So I'm not trying to make money off of everyone, but... No, no. I, I think part of it for me was actually having something on my website where... So I, I did it in two steps. I have a huge FAQ section mm-hmm. that actually lists all of the resources I use. So if oh. people just need to know that I use Skype or right. Ecamm call recorder when I record remotely or which microphone I use... It's all linked up there. No affiliate links, just linked up for you, like what you might need to know. Um, And also, you know, a lot of people had questions about um, writing for a living and all of that stuff, like all the stuff that I'm doing. Uh, And so I set up this, I wrote this huge page of FAQs, but if they need more than that, then I'm happy to talk to them about different things, whether it's PR or the podcast or whatever other things that they need to work through. I'm so down, but I just couldn't do it for free anymore. And I couldn't spend two hours like going to a coffee meeting right? because I, um, because it is two hours. I know. And I ran, I just was running out of time right? Um, because I can't, I don't know if you feel this way, but you, you can't always be meeting. You actually have to do the work. And so right. when am I supposed to do the work if I'm constantly helping other people with their brands for free right? or that hour turns into two hours because you have to get there and then get back home Mm -hmm. and then I was not working out for myself right like the time that extra little hour I found in my day I was giving it to someone else and not going to run or walk right and it just started to not make sense to me anymore right yeah that's I'm glad you you brought that up because it was definitely something that happened to me this year as well where it's just I had to figure out a way at least to have a link to send them to say this is what this is how I do it. Totally happy to like hang out on Skype with you, right? Or in person. I mean, we can still do it in person if you if you're in Sacramento or whatever. But um, it's actually been really beneficial, and I feel like people respect that. Yes, uh, and then the time is much more focused because mm-hmm. 
Well, and I get excited. Right. I get to hear about podcasts before they're ever launched. Right. That's rad. (laughs) I feel like I'm in the know, right? Right. And so, so that's, I love that stuff. I love getting excited about what other people are doing. And I think that's why I kind of did it for free for so long because it was so cool to hear what other people are doing. Right. For sure. All right. So that's really good advice. Charge for your time. Charge for your time. Especially as creatives. Mm -hmm. Creatives have... You wouldn't go to a dentist and they'd fix your cavity and say, oh, that was cool. I think it's that was fun. It's like, no. Right. They have a skill set and a knowledge, and so do you. Right, right. Yeah, my accountant wouldn't do that either. Exactly. Yeah, right. No, that's great advice. Okay, so we're just going to wrap things up. So I want to know that the best places online to find out more about you and your work. JustCornell.com. All right. And then the podcast is called One Part Podcast, and you can subscribe on iTunes. Mm -hmm. I always want to encourage people to subscribe to podcasts because then if it's a podcast you love, more people are going to see it because iTunes loves it when you hit that subscribe button. Mm -hmm. So iTunes and then soon in Charleston. And then in spring 2017 at a bookstore. Ah, that's so exciting. Um, this is the first time I've told anybody about this. I'm so excited. And you guys, she made me cookies. Like yeah. all of this is, this is like the best podcast recording session ever. Well, I really appreciate, I mean, I think what you're doing is pretty awesome. Being Thank on you. the road and, because I think it's one thing for you to record them over Skype, mm-hmm. but to get to be in people's spaces mm-hmm. and really, I think it's awesome what you're doing. Thank you. It's been amazing. Um, but also slightly exhausting. But, <laughs> yeah, man. But <laughs> all the driving, I, you know, you, you think you're just sitting down, but it's a lot of work Listen, to drive. <laughs> I, have, I have like a six-hour max in a car, and if it's more than six hours, I'm flying to the location. <laughs> yeah, well, I can feel you on that one at this point. I mean, I love, I actually enjoy road tripping, but, uh, but the, the pace of my travel so far has been a little hectic. Yeah, because like you most also have PR. to be on when you get to these places. Mm-hmm. You're not just in a car for however many hours and then just to get to chill. You have to be on yeah. and be very present. Right. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I should. I, I'm going to have to do a... It'll probably already go live by the time this is aired, but I'm going to do a post-mortem on the first like two weeks uh, because people need to know what this is really like. Yeah. It's not glamorous. Tra- I mean, I, I'm in Chicago, one of the coolest cities in, in the world, I think. And I spent all day yesterday hunkered over a computer trying to, like, hammer out some work. Like, that's right. just how it is. Right. Um, I mean, I'm staying in the most beautiful space, so that was really wonderful, and I, I have you to thank for that. But, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been um, interesting to see how it's really worked out <laughs> versus, you know, versus what it looked like in my, in my dreams. Right. So, right. so yeah. And um, your Instagram. And my Instagram, right. I am not Instagramming me on the floor with a bunch of pillows. Right. <laughs> Again, hunkered over a computer with a microphone. So, all right. Well, Jessica, thank you for your time. No problem. I really appreciate that it. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, you so you. much. That was Jessica. As she mentioned, you can find all of her work, including the podcast, at jessicamernan.com. You can also find her show over on iTunes by searching for The One Part Podcast. And she's right about what she said regarding iTunes. It really does help when you hit that subscribe button, so don't be shy. You'll love her show. You can also find her on Instagram. Her account is beautiful, by the way. 
Uh, and you can find her at Jessica Mernan. And if you want to say hello to me, you can find all of the CYOP goodness at Jennifer E. Snyder. So one thing I didn't mention at the top of the show is that it's my birthday week. And in fact, it is my birthday today. And I am spending it exploring the Grand Canyon for the first time. That said, if you are in a giving mood, I just really have one wish. Uh, I would really love it if you could do me a favor and share your favorite episode of Creating Your Own Path with someone who might need to hear it. I know it might not seem like sharing one episode is a big deal, but it really, really is. Friends sharing with friends is how this show has gotten to where it is today, and that type of support means more than I can ever express to you guys. So thank you for all of your support and for continuing to be such an amazing community. And thank you for listening today. I'll catch you next time. Thank you.